The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. I'm Clay Link here with Rotowire.com's lead prospect analyst, James Anderson. James, great to be talking with you as always. Um, minor League Baseball is back, so we got a lot to touch on. It's been a long, you know, almost two years. Uh, but we do have Minor League Baseball back, so we'll talk about some notable assignments to Minor League Affiliates. I know you have a road trip to Cincinnati, or not to Cincinnati, but to Ohio coming up. Uh, that's all I'll say on that front. But I will say, too, that you need to uh, celebrate at your neighborhood skyline, Chile. Um, but, yeah, first, have you ever been to Ohio? You have driven through there before? Yeah, I've, I've been there plenty, uh, mostly driving through. But also I, I went to Cleveland one time uh, to go to a go to a ball game back in the – Early 2000s. Very nice. I don't imagine you'll get over to Great American Ballpark, but um, it's nope. okay. But uh, safe travels, man. I know, you know, no Saturday show for you and I then this week, but still doing uh, Farm Friday. So look forward to that. And uh, yeah, as I mentioned, lots of touch on. We'll also be drafting our walk up songs. I may have another repeat, I have to be honest, uh, from the commercial jams playlist, but that's not so bad. Um, but yeah, let's get into some of these notable assignments. And uh, well, first, yesterday, did anything catch your eye in particular? I saw Wander had a couple hits, uh, but anything on the first day of action that you, you saw? 
Um, you know, I, I think there was a lot of buzz about Michael Harris having a big night. Uh, he was sent to high A as a 20 year old. So that's, that's encouraging. He's up to a good start. Uh, one thing that kind of caught my eye, I mean, that didn't necessarily surprise me, but I think it's worth uh, mentioning for dynasty and for redraft is Jackson Cower had a stellar debut at triple a. Um, so I, I would just keep an eye on Cower. I mean, I know, Daniel Lynch didn't look, uh, you know, I mean, the command was an issue in his debut, but uh, I I actually think Cower might be able to find more immediate success if and when he does get the call for Kansas City. And, you know, he, I think his upside gets slept on by a lot of people. I think he's got a really, really high ceiling if he can put it all together. So it was good to see Cower get off to a nice start. Very nice. Yeah, I had my eyes on Lynch for a little bit on Monday, and I was watching McClanahan's second start yesterday. That kid is impressive, man. And um, yeah, it didn't go – I think he went like 65 pitches after throwing 59 in his first start of the season. And, and they have a pretty good thing going there with that Luis Patino piggyback situation. But I would love to see Shane McClanahan stretch up just a little bit more. Uh, 80, 85 pitches, I feel like it could factor into quite a few decisions. Uh, but right now, it's, you know, if he's opening and going forward, it's not the most fantasy-friendly role, but I love Shane McClanahan's stuff. It is off the charts. And i got to say, too, watching that game, you know, I have a ton of respect for Albert Pujols, what he's done. I mean, I've probably seen in my lifetime a more consistent hitter. But that guy being on the field every day for that team really does a disservice to – two of the great talents in the entire world in Mike Trout and uh, Shohei Otani. So, you know, I was just watching him yesterday. There was a weird play at, between first and second where David Fletcher and Pujols were, uh, you know, kind of just had a miscommunication. Neither of them got to the ball, but you know, the guy's been below, below replacement level by F war for four straight years. So I know this is a prospect pod, but I just, I couldn't help, but uh, think, man, they're really – Albert Fools really doesn't have any business being on the field every day. But, James, back to the minor leagues. We'll go to the other end of the spectrum from uh, from Albert Pujols. Bobby Witt at double A. Does that ring as a vote of confidence for you? I mean, did you expect yeah, I think, this? I think Bobby Witt and C.J. Abrams both heading to double A is – pretty much what I would have expected, but still good to see. I mean, you, you definitely saw some teams take a, a very, very cautious approach with where they sent guys and the Royals and the Padres. I mean, both those guys are 20. They're both top five overall prospects and they're both going to get a nice little challenge at double A. And I think that that's sort of the, the perfect spot to send them because they both have the talent to really, hit the ground running there, but they're also going to get challenged by, by a lot of good pitching. And, um, you know, it, it would have been a shame to see either of them head to high A. I think a lot of teams probably would have played it safe and sent CJ Abrams maybe to high A, but the, you know, the Padres never do that. They're always pushing their guys and uh, definitely not a surprise to see Witt head to double A after his big spring. Yeah, that's good to see. I would hope to see Witt sometime this year, but um, I totally get that given his prior experience was a rookie ball, right? Um, he had never played at a full season affiliate before this year. Am I correct on that, Bobby? Yep. Yeah, so 
Well, that is definitely a good sign. Now, I've, I've kind of waxed poetic on Alec Manoa lately. Uh, Nate Pearson getting a lot of the attention right now, and deservedly so. But I do think Pearson or uh, Manoa, Alec Manoa, is a guy to maybe stash if you can stash minor leaguers and you have the bench space. Does Manoa getting assigned to AAA indicate anything important to you? Yeah, I mean, I think that you could make a case that of the top um, – I earlier today I was updating all the – just making sure that everyone in the top 400 was assigned to the right level. Uh, so when you go to the top 400, it'll show which level a guy's at. And uh, So I was just kind of sweeping that and making sure everyone is at the right level. And I'll have an article coming out on that later today. But um, really, I, I think you could make a case that just of everyone on the top 400 – Manoa might have gotten the biggest ringing endorsement from his team by getting assigned to AAA, considering his prior experience. I mean, same thing with Bobby Witt. He'd never pitched in a full season league. And, you know, I think a lot of teams would have just played it safe and sent him to AA. Um, Simeon Woods Richardson, for instance, his org mate got sent to AA and Woods Richardson has much more experience than Manoa and is pretty advanced in his own right. So um, the fact that they bumped Manoa ahead of Simeon really kind of tells us that Manoa is going to get to the big leagues first out of those two. And, um, you know, Nate Pearson has, is, is great as well, but I mean, there's, there's probably room at some point this season, there, there should be room in that rotation for both of those guys. But um, this is going to be a, a big test for Manoa. I mean, he's going to be going up against a lot of journeyman quad A types who, who've been around that level for a while. And, uh, you know, it's going to be something that if, if he handles that test, uh, you got to imagine that he could be in the majors, um, you know, in a matter of weeks. I, I saw some, some quotes uh, coming out of, Toronto just I mean they're very tight-lipped about this type of thing like they're they're definitely not going to say like yeah we think he could be up like soon or anything like that but they also didn't say oh we you know we just want Manoa to have like a, a nice long run at AAA like th they didn't rule it out either and I think if they wanted to sort of slow play his ascent they would it would have been easy to just send him to double A so uh, I thought that Manoa going to AAA was probably the the biggest headline in terms of uh, assignments for top prospects. Talking noteworthy minor league assignments to start the 2021 season. And James, you mentioned before we started that you're going to have a, a follow-up article coming on a, on yeah, a lot like, of this. Right. Well, it's, I mean, it's not going to be, um, you know, I mean, it, we're basically working off of that article for this podcast. Mm. And then after the pod goes up, the article will go up. Okay, cool. I just wanted to note that so people definitely check that out uh, after listening to the show. Max Meyer, the number three overall pick in 2020, you've liked quite a bit since he uh, came into affiliated ball. Now, he was with the major league team this spring, but uh, they did not want him in game action. So there was an interesting report from Jordan McPherson of the Miami Herald. A report uh, quote from Don Mattingly, quote, we don't want Max coming over to a game and trying to throw 100. We want him to get game ready to pitch this season, continue his development. We think there's a real risk with those guys kind of trying to impress and doing too much early. It's a danger in camp, and that's something we're going to stay away from. So they, they kind of 
kid gloved him in camp, but a double A assignment indicates they think he's ready for a, a pretty big challenge. Yeah. And you could just kind of compare that assignment to, um, you know, I mean, people talk about Asa Lacey and Emerson Hancock and I would throw Kate Cavalli in there uh, certainly. And, and Slade Ciccone as well, in terms of just the best college pitchers from last year's draft. Um, most of those guys, actually all those guys, uh, Chaconi's injured right now, but the other three, uh, Lacey, Hancock, Cavalli, they're all opening at high A. Um, Reed Detmers is opening at double A, but Detmers was sort of seen as the guy who was going to be quickest to the majors um, from that crop anyway. So him him going to double A was kind of par for the course. But Meyer uh, getting that bump up it is a pretty big vote of confidence um, when you kind of compare him to his classmates and where they got assigned. And I don't think he's like, he's not a guy to stash right now, but I think him going to double a, you know, I I think the stage is set for him to really uh, break out this year. And and he could certainly spend a a good chunk of the season at triple a, if all goes well. And, uh, at the very least, he should be in the rotation mix for for twenty twenty two if he can stay healthy. Yeah, that's uh, they've done a good job drafting and developing those arms, and uh, Max Meyer maybe the the next one to come. Now, James, we talked a little bit about how Luis on Helicunia, given the name brand value, maybe a sell in dynasty leagues. How look, he's not his brother. Good talent but maybe because of the, the last name, the bars set unrealistically high for Luis Angel. Uh Low A assignment, what does that say to you about how Texas is feeling about the younger? But not is it is it the middle Acuna? Not, not the youngest, right? Yeah, he's he's not the youngest. He's uh, the middle. Brian, Brian Acuna, I think, is, is uh, the third one. He'll be on the way soon. Uh, actually, you know, I think it's sort of swung the other way in Dynasty Leagues where – it's kind of become in vogue to, uh, you know, say that Acuna is overrated and Acuna is just getting by on his last name and stuff like that. And pointing out the extremely obvious fact that he's not Ronald Acuna, the best player in the game, arguably. Um, so I think there's just a lot of sort of backlash to the hype, um, and I think it may, maybe he's a buy low, honestly. Like, I think there's a lot of people that are kind of running away from Acuna because um, everyone is correctly pointing out obvious facts about him. Um, but, you know, they wouldn't have sent him to low A if they didn't, if they didn't like the player. He's 19. This is the same assignment that uh, the the best guys from that, that signing class got like, this is, this is where Luis Matos is, is headed. Uh, he's going to, to low a, um, so, you know, it, it, there's other guys from this class, Masail Urbina, uh, he's not even assigned to a, a full season league. So, um, I think that Acuna is, he's a legitimate prospect. Like he's not a slam dunk top 100 prospect and he's certainly not his big brother, but, I think just writing him off as just some guy who's getting by on his last name uh, oversells the fact that, I mean, this, this is still a a very legitimate prospect. Yeah. It it does seem like people kind of want to, uh, 
shoot him down because it is so easy to compare him to his brother and it's not going to be that, but uh, a good talent in his own right and a good prospect. So, um, I mean, uh, that Rangers team, man, I mean, they're not the Tigers, but it just looks like there's a lot of opportunity for, for playing time in the coming years. And I think it was, maybe it was Chris Welsh or our buddy Chris Welsh who was seeing Luis Angel and Justin Foscue um, play recently. Yep. I forget exactly, but uh, I just saw some of the replies like, oh, Foscue, there's one good hitter in this tweet or something. People just don't want right. to no, that's, that's exactly buy into Acuna. Yeah, like yeah. it's just it's this like very in vogue thing to just be like, oh, like he's he's overrated. I think it's gotten to the point where now he's a little underrated because this guy still has elite bat to ball. He's got a really quick bat. He's fast. He adds some defensive versatility. He's not going to be a huge power threat at all. Like, I mean, he might be like a 15 homer guy at peak and maybe he doesn't even get there, but he could be a leadoff hitter. He could hit ninth and just get the green light all day on the bases. I mean, he's just, it's kind of, um, and it's, it's easy to pick on him too, just because of his height. Like he, he, he's obviously a lot smaller than your typical big leaguer, but that, that's not a complete barrier to entry. I mean, we've seen guys kind of get by like, you know, Jose Altuve, Ozzy Albies, Nick Madrigal, like there's plenty of really diminutive second basemen who who find a way to make it work. And, um, you know, I, I'm not saying just go out and try to trade for Luis Angel Acuna in all your leagues, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets dropped or if you could just get him as like a throw in or something like that. I mean, he's not going to be moving out of my top 200 anytime soon. Yeah. Height doesn't measure heart, James, as, uh, Marcus Stroman likes to say it's a classic short guy thing to say, but um, yeah, I mean, that's not a death sentence by any means for a prospect, especially a, a second base prospect. Um, James, what can you tell us about Brian Rocio? Uh, pretty young kid, right? I mean, I, I guess you look at him and the, the assignment for Rocio was high A. Uh, does that seem aggressive to you? Well, I, I'm, I think I'm just going to hit on all of Cleveland's infielders because they, they have such a um, – the, the big strength of Cleveland's farm system is the lower levels. And, you know, especially infielders. I mean, they're just – they're oozing with, with infielders. And I think that that resulted in a lot of guys just getting a slight bump um, – Brian Rocio, Aaron Bracco, I think you could have easily assigned those guys to low A, but they both got the bump to high A. And I think that's just because the the talent sort of pushes them up because you need to create playing time for the guys in the AZL. And so you need to create playing time for the guys at low A, and then you need to push those guys up to high A to, to do that. And so Rocio and Bracco are, are going to be tested, I think. Uh, and I, I have no reason to think that they won't answer the bell but um that's that's a legit test for those guys i think they're both 20 uh angel martinez he gets to bump up to to low a and 
Uh, he primarily played in the the DSL back in 2019, so he could have easily been sent to to the AZL. But they got a ton of shortstops and, and second basemen that need to get work in the AZL. So Martinez gets bumped up to low A, and then um, uh, Bo Naylor got a a big assignment to to double A, and a lot of the guys that I think kind of got underassigned are catchers, and that makes sense because that's that's the toughest position to learn in the minor leagues. But Bo Naylor, uh, 21-year-old catcher, he gets a really aggressive assignment up to double A. And so that'll be that'll be worth tracking as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, I mean, I <clears throat> Bo Naylor's on a lot of like breakout lists and everything this year. Um, that's that's a no joke assignment. Like he, if he hits at Double A, that that means something because you just don't see many catchers uh, his age handle the upper levels. So uh, Cleveland was definitely one of the organizations that um, sort of by need, like I, they they kind of needed to be aggressive on where they sent guys because of how much talent they have in the lower levels. Very nice, man. Well, I've been told. To um, give a little cue here and uh, say that we're throwing to break uh, and we'll splice in some words from our sponsors here. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Like any good team, Hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. 
Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Now we're back. So, James, uh, Matthew Liebertor, I you know, I was impressed with Manoa. I saw, I was already, you know, a big fan of McClanahan in the spring, but I was really impressed with him in the spring. I did not see Liebertor in the spring, uh, but apparently he had a pretty good one and uh, maybe knocking at the door. This is maybe somebody who... You know me, I'm always looking for, for stash candidates. Maybe he should be on the list. I mean, in our stake league, maybe I'll have to uh, go fishing as the biggest fish in the pond. Uh, not a shark, uh, just a big old fish. But maybe I'll have to maybe I'll have to think about Libertor. I think that would be a, that would be a fish move. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's He's fine. It's just, I I wonder, you know, this is a big season for the Cardinals. I think that there might be kind of a a need factor involved here as well. Um, Zach Thompson also got assigned to to AAA. That one was not a surprise, but uh, Libertor, I think I would have probably said that he probably belongs maybe at AA. Uh, He could, he could prove me wrong, but that's a guy where even if he's putting up good numbers at triple a, I just, I'm not going to be involved in any sort of Fabapalooza involving Libertor. I just think the, the fastball is going to be pretty hittable. Um, so uh, we'll see, but to me, this, this one was kind of surprising, but I it kind of almost reeks of a little desperation on the part of St. Louis because uh, I just, I wonder how much, um, more leash that front office has given some of their uh, recent transactions. There was a, a report from Derek Gould of the St. Louis Post Dispatch last year that uh, apparently multiple scouts in the organization viewed him as an elite prospect, <laughs> but the Rays just kind of dumped him for. I mean, who did they even get back for him when they traded him? I don't know. Uh, that was, uh, that wasn't a. No. That wasn't a dump. Um, I think that's that's where they got Randy. Oh, that's where they got Randy. That's right. I was just so, looking at his I notice. Mean, it said, in exchange for unnamed minor league players at the time, and then it was Randy and Jose Martinez. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anytime the Rays give up on a guy, though, I mean, at the time we didn't realize how good a Randy Rosarena could be, but that definitely did kind of well knock down yeah. his value in the general baseball world, I'd say. Like Libertor is 100% an old school scouting type of guy. Like he's someone where old school, just eye test scouts like him way, way, way more than analytically inclined teams that are measuring um, for spin and and movement and all that stuff. So um, I think that that kind of is the explanation there. Like the Rays, he's just not a Rays type of pitching prospect. and. The Cardinals, 
they use analytics, but I mean, I don't think, I think they still rely plenty on traditional scouting. So um, obviously I just, I think it's highly unlikely at this point that we don't look back on that trade as a pretty big fleecing by Tampa Bay. Interesting. All right. Well, um, the guy for San Diego, Tusapita Marcano uh, at AAA. So he's like just one, you know, one step away, one knock at the door. Um, did you expect him to be at the highest minor league level right away, Marcano? Well, this this one's more kind of about just him getting to the big leagues earlier this season. Like, obviously, the fact that they thought enough of him to put him on the big league roster kind of was a, a foreshadowing that he might be headed to AAA at some point. But um, he's 21, and I definitely didn't think he would open the air in the majors. And um, I, I still think he's more of a utility player long term but he does have speed and he does have a solid approach and solid contact skills so if he's got a little bit more juice in the bat than i think he does then those other tools could really play and he he might be a guy that is always eligible at multiple positions but um really more of just sort of a wow he he reached the big leagues already did not see that coming um once that happened triple a seemed uh kind of inevitable yeah, good good speed as you mentioned, but maybe needs to work on those instincts and reads because 2019 he was actually caught more than he was successful. 16 caught stealing, 15 stolen bases. Um, yeah, I had actually kind of forgotten that he was on that team. He didn't really play much, hardly at all, uh, but he was just kind of there. Um, and not Tatis's absence and just kind of hanging around as a utility guy, but. Um, yeah, interesting guy to keep an eye on. Now, Hunter Green, you know, double A, kind of what I expected. But I, I think this may be something where, especially given the state of the Reds' bullpen, where maybe they have to, I don't know, uh, you know, speed up his arrival to the big leagues and get him here and move him to the bullpen. Do you know for sure what role he's filling right away at double A? Uh, I would, I would guess he's stretched is getting stretched out um this i i worry that this could end up being um one where it doesn't go very well uh double a is a that's a pretty pretty big test for a guy like green with given just his amount of experience over the past year or so um uh you know the fastball obviously is the velocity is elite but um double a you're going to be dealing with a lot of hitters that can just force you to throw some strikes and force you to to fill up the zone and and use your off-speed pitches and i just i don't know if green's going to be able to pass that test uh if he if he gets off to a good start at double a he'll be a pretty big riser on my rankings but i'm just that's more because of how low i am on him right now like you know i think he's hopefully a really good reliever long-term like that, that. If I was holding him in dynasty, that would be what I was hoping for. And I, I kind of worry that this one might fall off the rails. Yeah. I think he's a reliever, frankly, I wish for the best. He could be a really good reliever. I just don't see him panning out as a starter, given what I've seen so far. Great fastball, but that's about it right now. Now the assignments we've talked about so far in the minor leagues, pretty aggressive, 
would you say Julio Rodriguez to high A more so a soft landing? Because um, it seems like maybe he could be ready for a, a greater challenge. So I, I think, um, and Jesse Roach over at BP did a good job laying this out on Twitter the other day. Uh, I think this one is, is basically just that they didn't want to send any of their good prospects to Arkansas and Everett is obviously very close to Seattle, but it's also very close to Tacoma. And I wonder if when Jared Kellenick gets the call here, uh, I wonder if Julio Rodriguez just replaces him on the Tacoma roster and just skips Arkansas altogether because, uh, yeah, I think kind of for obvious reasons, you'd, you'd rather have him uh, closer to uh, Washington. And I, from a talent standpoint, I mean, he's hands down the best hitter at high A right now. And I would – I would imagine he's just going to do all kinds of damage there in the short term. But, um, you know, it, I think one option is just that he's kind of waiting for Kalanick to get promoted and then he gets jumped over double A and takes his spot on the triple A roster. Uh, another option is that Seattle's just being awful and manipulating the hell out of his service time and sending him to such a low level that they're making it kind of impossible for him to force the issue this year mm-hmm. by, by just saying like, well, you have to earn the call, the double a that kills a month, maybe five weeks. And then you have to earn the call from double a to triple a that kills another couple months. And then by the time he gets to triple a, there's not enough season left for him to get to the majors. So it's, it's going to be one of those two options. Like I, I think if by the end of May, if he's still at high a, then I think we can, probably rule out a 2021 debut for Rodriguez. Yeah. The Mariners should be forced to sell. I mean, that's just horrible. Um, your number one ranked prospect though, Julio Rodriguez. And we had a comment in the chat just while we're on the topic of uh, the Mariners. And you mentioned Kelnick. I, I mean, I don't know. Can I, can we, I we have this comment? answer. Yeah. How much long? Where, uh, where's Kalanick? When's Kalanick going to be? <laughs> Is that, is that what the comment is? How much longer on Kelnick is the comment? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, didn't want to get around to his question, but, I mean, we don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, soon. I, I definitely don't know. I, I mean, if I knew, I, we would have let off the show with that. But just, like I said a couple weeks ago, you just have to be patient with this one. Um, they waited this long so that you could get in AAA games. So I would assume they want to see him play more than – one or two triple a games so mm-hmm. maybe next week we see him but yeah i mean it's just something you gotta be patient with by the way i got the reds game on this is one of the rare prospect pods where i actually have the reds game on live watching weird to see billy hamilton back in cincinnati and he just struck out and spiked his helmet and bat so um, still the same old billy uh, more notable minor league assignments here, James. Spencer Torkelson to high A, Adley Rutschman to double A, J.J. Blade to double A. I'll say that three times fast. Helio Ramos to double A, George Kirby to high A, Simeon Woods Richardson double A. Anything there among those guys I just mentioned that uh, you want to shout out? Well, or I mean, I've, I've been saying that 
you know, you're not, you're not going to see Torkelson in the majors this year. Uh, and I, I mean, I think we knew he was heading to high A for a long time uh, before those rosters officially got announced, but just wanted to mention him. Like, you know, they, you don't send a guy like that to high A uh, with the expectation of him reaching the majors this season when you're arguably the worst team in the majors. So, uh, this is going to be a full year of minor league ball for Torkelson. He's probably, you know, you hope that he forces the issue to double a pretty soon because he talent wise, like pedigree wise, he double a is sort of where you expect him to to spend the bulk of the year and, and maybe triple a as well. But uh, you're not going to see Torkelson this year in all likelihood. And then um, Blade, Helio Ramos, those are two guys where I think, a lot of people maybe hope they would have opened the air at AAA and same thing with Adley Rutschman and the fact that they're going to double a, the Orioles, I think the Orioles were the most conservative organization with all their assignments. I mean, I've got a long list here of, of guys who were given pretty soft landing spots and like 15, 20% of them are Orioles prospects. Uh, they were, pretty much across the board assigned to one level lower than I think most teams would have sent them to. And it's just kind of more proof that this is going to be one of those really sort of painful rebuilds where they're really maximizing the amount of high picks they get. And, uh, you know, we, we might not see any of these sort of really big name O's prospects, uh, certainly anytime soon, maybe even this season, like Adley Rutschman, I got to imagine there's, there's, there's a way that he could force his way up this year. If he, if he's just really raking, but you send him to double a, I, I just think that that kind of makes it, uh, the odds are sort of stacked against him a little bit, at least for a first half call up. Uh, we had Craig Mish on the XM show a couple of weeks ago and he, he predicted we wouldn't be seeing the in Miami till maybe September. And this double a assignment kind of, backs that up because I know they've got a lot of guys, a lot of mouths to feed in the outfield at triple a, but if they were planning on Bladé being on the fast track to the majors, I think he would open that triple a and the giants. I mean, they're extremely well run. They know what they're doing. Obviously. I think that's, that's clear by, by how some of the veteran guys they have on the roster performing this year. Um, But I also think they're another team where they're they're just not really in a hurry to start all these clocks on their elite prospects. So Ramos, I think he can hit his way to the to the big leagues this year, but you throw in the Mike Taukman trade and uh, all of a sudden they've got a lot of mouths to feed in that outfield uh, when, when healthy. So uh, Ramos, I don't think we see him in the first half either. And uh, kind of ditto for, for those pitchers, George Kirby, Simeon Wood Richardson, uh, Grayson Rodriguez going to high A, like that's crazy to me. Like, I, Grayson Rodriguez should be a double A. DL Hall, we saw him strike out like nine and four and whatever innings last night. Uh, he should probably be a triple A. So, just you know, the Orioles are really slow playing this. Very nice. Well, before we move on, a quick word from our sponsor, Moon Baseball Road Trips. Moon Baseball Road Trips, the complete guide to all the ballparks with beer, bites, and sites nearby. Arriving just in time for the 2021 season, this brand new guide from Moon Travel Guides book is the ultimate guide to baseball. 
This book is as much a travel guide as it is a dive into the classic American road trip, vibrant fun, uh, fan communities, baseball history, and of course, the 30 incredible MLB cities. Seven road trip routes with detailed itineraries. It's organized by region, so you can drive a loop through the Midwest, cruise along the West Coast, or hit the ballparks from Boston to D.C. Insider advice for visiting each ballpark. So not just how to catch a game, but tips on snagging tickets, securing the best seats, and the insider scoop on the best bars and restaurants nearby. This insider scoop comes from author and lifelong baseball fan Timothy Malcolm. He served as a senior writer and editor at Phillies Nation, written stories for the Hardball Times, and has been featured on Mets Blog and Yahoo Big League Stew. He's also hosted two baseball podcasts himself, including the Phillies Nation podcast. To write this book, Tim hit the road and explored everything from Boston to Seattle to Phoenix and the Bay, bringing the experience of the game to readers across the world. For the ultimate baseball experience this summer, order your copy of Moon Baseball Road Trips, available at online retailers, your local bookstore, or at www.moon.com. James, uh, while we do have a lot of exciting, you know, assignments and games going on, we also have players MIA missing in action, unfortunately, and uh, some for injury reasons, some travel issues, uh, some guys just not turned loose yet, held back at extended spring training. So uh, Jason Dominguez, we're going to have to wait a little while longer to see his uh, pro debut. Yep, I think the the two sort of headliners uh, for rookie ball are Dominguez in probably the GCL. I mean, maybe, maybe he just heads to low A in, in a few weeks or something like that. I, I'm not exactly sure how that's going to play out. Um, but Dominguez on the, the AL side and Hedbert Perez on the NL side, uh, Perez will definitely be an AZL guy, I think. Um, so They'll sort of be headlining uh, those circuits when they open in in a little over a month, and so yeah, that's that's why you're not going to be seeing any stats or any highlights of those guys. Um, Brendan Davis, also the the Cubs' top prospect, uh, number fifteen overall prospect on our rankings, uh, he apparently got hit in the head by a pitch. I saw a report from Jim Callis, and that's why he's not playing in games yet, but he will be headed to Double A. Uh, once he's over that, I mean, really hope that it's not serious because it it would seem that he probably got a concussion, I guess, if, if he's missing this much time. Um, and then we talked about it on the XM show last week, but uh, and I think probably most people have seen it by now, but Christian Robinson, uh, I think, is still in the Bahamas trying to get some visa issues resolved, stemming from a in arrest uh, from over a year ago. And so we're still waiting on, on Robinson and kind of TBD when we see him this year. Yeah. That's a odd situation. And, you know, wishing the best for him. I know he's dealing with some mental health issues and uh, yeah, definitely has my sympathy there and hope everything gets worked out. Cause he's a great talent and uh, has a lot to be excited about with his future. Um, Mentioned some injuries, Josh Young, a foot injury, Royce Lewis, of course, out with that ACL, Brandon Marsh, uh, Brandon Marsh, just to be clear, shoulder injury. 
Um, anybody else who, you, you know, as you're digging through our injury designations, you're, you're like, uh, you know, well, unfortunate two, injuries still looming. Yeah. Two, uh, well, a, a few guys uh, on the pitching side, no surprise there, but, uh, Ethan Hankins has an elbow injury. Doesn't sound good to me. I would, I would be bracing for the worst case scenario there. And uh, Connor Siebold, who is kind of a sleeper arm that could help the Red Sox this year. He's dealing with elbow inflammation. I mean, all of these teams are going to just say that the injury is minor. Like like 99% of the time, they're just going to say, oh, it, it doesn't seem that serious. He's probably going to be back soon. Uh, anytime it's an arm and a young pitcher. Um, I just would be prepared for, for a long absence. And Alexander Vizcaino, uh, one of my favorite uh, kind of prospects on the rise in the Yankees system, uh, he's got a sore arm too, which is why he hasn't been assigned to an affiliate. So uh, just worth keeping an eye on those guys. Um, nothing, nothing really uh, worth hitting on other than that. Uh, I will just, I will add that, um, for for the guys who are getting assigned aggressively, it seems like this uh, this new Pirates regime is really uh, putting the the pedal to the metal in terms of where they want to start guys out at. And Travis Swaggerty uh, up at AAA, I mean that they've been getting no production from uh, some of those outfield spots and. If he gets off to a good start, I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't be that surprised if we saw Swaggerty sooner than later. And he's a guy with uh, very fantasy relevant tools. So um, that one caught my eye. They also have a few 18 year olds at low A, Alexander Mojica, Sergio Campana, guys that had mostly played it only in the DSL. And uh, G1 Bay uh, got assigned to double A, which I thought was pretty aggressive as well. And Quinn Priester to high A. So uh, we might be talking about the Pirates as kind of one of these uh, Padres type of front offices where they're just pushing guys. Very nice. Well, the Reds just won on a walk-off against Liam Hendricks, so I'm pumped. Um, Jesse Winker bat-flipped his single, so I'd love to see it. Hopefully some more unrest and more uh, discord in that White Sox locker room. <laughs> Let's get some more heat on TLR. By the way, William Ott, who asked the Kellen the question also wanted to know about Bobby Witt uh, just before we wrap things up today. Wanted to know like with the way Witt had played in spring training, do you think he's a lock to come up in the second half? I wouldn't say a lock by any means, but I'll let you take this one from here, James. Um, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't even rule out a first half call up for Witt. I think. Mm -hmm. uh, but you wouldn't say a, a call up this year is definite, would you? No, no, no. I, I wouldn't say that for any prospect at double yeah, A. And uh, I think Wit, the Royals are an org where if Wit is, you know, if, if he's making headlines at double A here over the next couple of weeks, I mean, they're, they're not going to keep him down all year if it's clear that he could help the big league club. So, um, not exactly sure how it shakes out. I mean, they they would need a place to play him every day, and so we'll we'll see how their infielders are performing. I mean, he could play 
any number of positions. I mean, he could even play the outfield probably, but I don't think they probably want to do that. So uh, if there's a need somewhere, third base, shortstop, second base, and he's tearing the cover off the ball, I think we'll see him uh, as early as sometime in June, really. Um, but if he's just kind of, you know, good, not great, not necessarily forcing their hand, then it might not be till next year. All right. So thanks for the questions, William. And thanks for the kind words about our show. James, before we get to our walk-up song graph, I just got a little YouTube uh, exclusive here, a little picture I just found yesterday of myself uh, with a Stone Cold Steve Austin figurine set. Nice. Looking like a young old man with a really loose neck. So I just wanted that's to a, share that. That's a, that's a dope picture. <laughs> WWF Bad Bones, Steve Austin uh, figurine set. Uh, and then finally, opinion on Nate Pearson debuting from Robert Booth. Um, any idea when that's coming? Uh, really soon. I mean, fan they, ate it. Okay, yeah, fan ate yesterday. Yeah, you may you um, may have said that already, but I missed it. I, I you know it's that rotation. Uh, there's going to be a spot for him, uh, so. I, I would guess, I think, I mean, I think he'll be up probably either before our next podcast or later that week. Like I, I think it's, it's going to be in short order. Nice man. Well, great stuff as always. Looking forward to your next article, rotowire.com slash try or slash pod, either one to get set up with a free 10 day trial to check out all of James's articles. James, I think you have the first pick this week. Mm. Do you not? With the walk up, yeah. No, I know we haven't I really do been that. doing. Yeah, we haven't really yeah, been yeah, doing yeah. like a snake or anything. But I'll give you first um, choice this week. So this one's got. I'm gonna actually go cash money. Mm. Um, this one's got one of the better sort of intro beats. Of, of any song you'll you're you'll ever hear and uh it's also when i was asking my wife like what song uh would be her walk-up music she said this one so i'm gonna go oh, with uh juvenile back that ass up <laughs> i like it i love juvie and i love some i was contemplating some cash money and i'm sure i'll have some cash money on the list before long but uh that's a good one yeah, that's a banger, and uh, I like that choice. Mine is going to be, and again, I, I kind of alluded to it, hinted that this might be another repeat, uh, but I love this as an intro song. Red Man and Method Man, The Rock Wilder. Oh, hell yeah. Just that, like that would be such a great uh, little riff to walk up to. So I, I used to make the... I, I wasn't on the uh, high school basketball team, but I used to make the uh, mixtape that that everyone warmed up to. And uh, I think I did that a couple times too. I think I burned a couple CDs that they warmed up to. It, it was basically to Rockweiler and a bunch of Dr. Dre, and Hell yeah. <laughs> it gave the people what they wanted. Yeah, that's that's a jam. And if you've seen the video, that little like dance they're doing back and forth as they're walking up. It's just a great, 
great song. So that's a good one. Again, I don't want to have too many repeats from a past playlist, but that one I just couldn't help. And it came did, across my YouTube mix the other day, and I just had to include it. Did did you, so you were watching you were watching the um, a White Sox game, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Did you see this thing with Liam Hendricks like getting uh, Ryan Bloomfield tweeted a video of it? I, I don't hmm. think I've seen this before. Where a, there's like a like Liam Hendricks runs in from the, the bullpen, then he runs back like he's going back to the bullpen and he's like clearly pissed off and then someone tells him nope come back so like Liam oh Hendricks i did see that running around in the outfield waiting to come in well i'm seeing that from ryan bloomfield but i must have missed that in the game <laughs> that's amazing yeah that's no wonder great. no wonder he blew the save i've seen too many guys getting beamed though earlier i saw um sunny gray looked really kind of distraught and bummed about it, but he uh, hit our boy Andrew Vaughn right in the head. Ugh. Scary. I've, I've had m- multiple people have shared that video with me, that Ryan Bloomfield tweet with me here in the last, like, two minutes. <laughs> TLR, <laughs> man. Just got to get – got to have them lose some more so that the uh, discontent <clears throat> grows. I mean, they, losing Robert hurts. Robert, I guess, but – um, I guess they're still a winning record as of now, but we'll see. Anything else you want to mention today, James? Appreciate everything, of course. And uh, as I mentioned, we'll be doing Farm Friday this week, but I hope you enjoy your weekend. Anything else today? Uh, no, man. Uh, good talking and uh, looking forward to Farm Friday. Same, man. I'm going to play this little promo thing and then we'll sign off. Thank you to everybody for joining us. Catch you next week on the RotoWire Prospect Podcast. Try RotoWire today, free for 10 days. Get our premium tools, rankings, analysis, and breaking news alerts. No credit card required. Go to rotowire.com forward slash try.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.